in Makki surah is revealed in Taif. Is that going to be called a Taifi surah? What do you think? Surah is revealed in Tabuk. You can call it a Tabuki surah. Tabuk is re- far from Medina, right? All the way north. So, Makki surah and Madani surah, this is not a, a geographic division. This is a division based on time. So, Qabla al Hijra, before the Hijra, any surah revealed is called Makki surah. And after the Hijra, wherever it may have been revealed, is called Madani surah. So, Nabi Sallallahu after Hijra, did he ever go to Makkah? Couple times, how many times? First in the sixth year after Hijrah, when he saw the dream, then he, he did not get a visa, and he had to. They were de- deported him back. Such a sad incident. Called the Sulahul Hudaybiyah. Sixth year, then seventh year, he went to do the make up Umrah. They allowed him to come back in the treaty. One of the terms was that you can come back and do Umrah next year. So seventh year he went. Then eighth year he went again. That was the Fatih Makkah, conquest of Makkah. Ninth year, he sent Abu Bakr to lead the Hajj. Because that was a hybrid Hajj. Muahidun and Mushrikun together. And then he said that next year will be the true Tawheed Hajj. Muahidun, Muslimun only. And then the tenth year, he went for the Hajj al Wada'a, farewell Hajj. First Hajj and last Hajj of Islam. So all these years that he went in Makkah, in the sixth year and seventh year, eighth year and tenth year, there are many ayat that were revealed in Makkah. But they are called... Madani, because they're post-Hijrah. Right. Anyway, so the Madani surahs, uh, what is one major distinction in the content of the Makki surahs and Madani surahs is, this is very, uh, these are not like very subtle points of tafsir, they're very general concepts I'm sharing. What is the one major difference between Madani surahs and Makki surahs? Makki surahs are in the beginning, right? And Madani surahs are later. So Makki surahs is working on developing the Iman. So Makki surahs are focusing on Tawheed, Risala, and Akhirah. Uh, really strengthening the Iman in the heart, believing in one Allah, because we are, uh, the Quran is addressing in a uh, society that is steeped in shirk. So Tawheed, the oneness of Allah, and recognizing His oneness through His signs in His creation. Um, and then the Risala, the prophethood of Rasulullah, that He is the Prophet of Allah. He's not a poet. Why few of you are believing? He's not a fortune teller. Few of you are taking heed. Right? What is this? This is a revelation of the Lord of the worlds. Another place, the Ruh Al Amin angel has brought this Quran down on your heart. So, talking about the Risala of Nabi be majnoon. You are not majnoon by the blessing of your Lord after Allah swears by the pen, the qalam, and the loh al-mahfud, what it has written in the, in the preserved tablet. You are the manifestation of moral excellence. So talking about Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, he is my prophet. إِنَّهُ لَقَوْلُ رَسُولٍ كَرِيمٍ فِي كِتَابِ مَكْنُونَ لَا يَمَسُولِ الْمُطَهَرُونَ etc. This is risala. And third one is akhirah. Third one is Akhirah. So all the different, Akhirah is an uh, all-encompassing term, refers to Ahwal, Qabl al-Mawt, before death, Ba'd al-Mawt, at Heen al-Mawt, at the time of death, Ba'd al-Mawt, in the Barzakh, and Yom al-Qiyamah, and the blowing of the trumpet. How many times? Two times. Right? The trumpet will blow? Two times. When Ufiqah Fisur first will blow, 
everything is destroyed. Vibrations, right? Of the trumpet. The sound will increase so much that everything starts shaking until it. If somebody has a lot of bass or some, you know, na'udhu billah, you pass by someone uh, blasting some rap, na'udhu billah, but you're fasting, you're trying to cover your, you should get like ears, uh, what is it? Sound, silencing, headphones, Bluetooth, something going. Anyway, what happens is things start shaking, right? So, uh, so when, the, when the trumpet will be blown, the, it'll shake. The, the decibel level will increase of the sound and that'll create, the vibrations will create, everything will start shaking until the, the mountains will be floating. That's how bad the shaking will get. So that, and then Jannat and Jahannam, the Yom Al Qiyamah, all of that is Akhirah. So these are the three concepts in the Makki Surahs. In the Madani Surahs are Ahkam, a lot of injunctions. Because now the Iman has developed, a person believes in what? La ilaha illallah, he believes in Tawheed, Muhammad Rasulullah, he believes in Nabi Sallallahu and he believes in Akhirah. This is a very, very big sticking point for people. Has been and it still is. That they say, Inhiya ilah hayatuna dunya, this is a worldly life. Namutu anahya, we live and we die, we enjoy. We will not be resurrected. So, this is a very difficult concept. People say, wait, the fact you're born, yeah, we see that you're born. The fact you die, it's an undeniable reality, you die. Nothing as sure as death and taxes. Right? To everyone, no one denies death. The question is, what happens after death? That's where the d- d- discussion begins. So, Asa bin Wail, he brought a bunch of bones that were decayed and he threw them in front of Bismillah. Who will bring these bones back to life when they are being destroyed and they're decaying and they're turning to dust? This may be familiar, right? From Surah 2? Yasin, right at the end. Allah, who created the first time, He's going to bring it back the second time. And you can't even say it's easier. Like Allah who brought it the first time, who created it from a state of non-existence, and it should be easier for him to bring it back into existence. Can you say that? You cannot say it's easier. Because if you say one task is easier than another task, then that logically means that the other task is a little bit difficult. Right? If A is easier than B, that means B is a little bit more difficult than A. Nothing is difficult for Allah. Creating the first time was super easy, creating the second time is super easy. Nothing is easier, because if one thing is easier, the other one is harder. So, if you say for, um, like, uh, Algebra 1 is easier than Calculus. That means Calculus is a little bit harder than Algebra 1. So anyway, the Tawheed, Risala, and Akhirah, all of these things are uh, in Makki Surah. Now the Iman is built, Iman is strong, then all the Ahkam come in the Madani Surahs. Ahkam. So this is the Tartib as well for us. This is uh, our own personal journey is that we have to work on Iman. And then, we, then after our Iman develops, it'll be easier for us to implement the Ahkam. But we got to be careful with this concept. It doesn't mean that, look, I'm, wor- I'm working on my Iman. My Iman is weak. So, you know, I'm in the initial stages. Makki Dor se guzarane. That has different concepts in different areas. Anyway, so and therefore I don't have to pray. The fasting came, became farad in Medina, zakat became farad in Medina, salat became farad. Miraj happened 10th year, you know, later on. So I don't have to do that. I'm worried about what? La ilaha illallah. I'll do my dhikr, I'll do my darabs, and I'll do my da'wah illallah. 
And there are different ways of building the iman. Through da'wah, through dhikr, through contemplation, meditation. Different ways. I'm working on my iman. Inshallah, jab iman mazboot ho jayega, when my iman gets strong, then I'll worry about ahkam. That's not the case. Because we covered it today as well. Ya ayyuhaladzina amanud khunu fi silmi kafa. You have to enter in Islam completely, totally. However, uh, there is still a benefit of knowing the order because um, we can, inshallah, put more emphasis on learning iman. And continue to put emphasis on learning iman, strengthening one's iman until the iman is strong enough that it brings a person unto all of the ahkam of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. تَعَلَّمْنَا الْإِيمَانَ ثُمَّ تَعَلَّمْنَا الْقُرْآنَ فَزِدْنَا بِإِيمَانًا أو كما قال That we learn our iman, then we learn the Qur'an And by learning the Qur'an, after learning iman, our iman further increased لِيَزَادُوا إِيمَانًا مَعَ إِيمَانِهِمْ They had iman from before, then their iman further increased So there are a lot of ahkam in Madini Surahs And we're just starting So basically it starts off for example uh, I 178 yeah. All those who believe Qisas It's a had punishment Like I couldn't just start off Talking about Qisas So it's giving some background This is Ahkam here Because Iman has been built Over 13 years Now they're ready And Islam for example When we say It's a complete way of life We just say that When you're like At some interfaith gathering Or some What is Islam Oh Islam is a complete way of life What does that mean like, Can you unpack that How is it a complete way of life so when we study the fiqh, then we will realize that, oh my God, this sharia, of, uh, uh, this Islam is so encompassing every single aspect. It's, it's generic statement, every single aspect of life, Islam gives us guidance. But until you go through the chapters, or at least at the bare minimum, if you take a detailed fiqh work, all you got to do is what? Read through the table of contents. al-aqal, bare minimum. Read through the table of Contents. Many things we may understand, many things we may not understand, but at least we can get an idea of the scope. The scope. From the personal level, to the interpersonal level, to the community level, to the state level, to the global level. There's ahkam with regards to ruling the world. That may be a dangerous word to say. But like how a government should be and how an individual should be. From the individual to the, you know, Global one world government, right? So it's, it's all the ahkam are there. And we are still studying them, preserving them. Somebody will say, you know, for example, this qisas, take this as an example, which is the capital punishment for someone who commits intentional homicide that his life will be taken. What is one of the basic principles before we even talk about this is that there's no... Um, uh, independent, you cannot become uh, your own judge and jury and executioner and take the law into your own hands. Vigilante justice is the term I was keeping in my mind. There's no vigilante justice in Islam. So, you, nobody can take any of these ayat. Hey, have you learned in Tarawi tonight about this? So, if there's a punishment for zina or punishment for qatal and then you go and enact that. Go out there and do it. Na'udhu Billah. That is not taught in Darul Salaam. <laughs> Don't come back here and say, we taught you that. Nor any fiqaha, nor any muftis in the world. You cannot take the law into your own hands. There's specific like, protocols and conditions for all of these things. Amongst them, the very simple one is that there has to be an Amirul Mu'mineen. And there has to be a Khilafah Islamiyah. Then the Amirul Mu'mineen will appoint the Qadi al-Qudat, the Chief Justice. The Qadi al-Qudat will appoint the Qadi, their courts. Right? There's a whole system. 
And part of that system is the capital punishments. And the capital punishments are uh, the hudud, to preserve five things. Right? Preservation of life is qisas. And preservation of wealth is haddu sarqa of the hand, of the thief. And preservation of the honor and izzah is the haddul qadhaf, the punishment of falsely uh, alleging someone has committed uh, some type of illicit fahsh, obscene act. There's 80 lashes for that. Mentioned in the Quran. Those who falsely claim somebody committed zina, they don't have four witnesses. They should be lashed 80 lashes. And then, hadab zina itself, that's for preservation of the family unit. And preservation of the intellect is through uh, the had for shurbul khamar, drinking wine, 80 lashes. So Allah Ta'ala mentions that, and then He says here, وَلَكُمْ فِي الْقِصَاسِ حَيَاتٌ By implementing the commandment of qisas, there will be life. One person is killed, but life is preserved for everyone else. يَا أُولِي الْأَلْبَابِ Oh, those people who do have intelligence. If you don't have much intelligence, you won't understand what's going on. Hey, one guy is being killed, and you're saying there's hayat. That's why Allah Ta'ala didn't say, Oh, pious people, or oh, righteous people, or oh, good people. He said, Oh, intelligent people. Because it requires intelligence to understand what's going on here. Because he said, By killing one person, there's life. So, الْبَابِ O people who have intelligence. Then after that, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala speaks about famous ayats about fasting, which we are going through. Watch is there, so it's about 15 minutes already gone. Uh, maybe I'll add about 5 minutes. كُتِبَ عَلَيْكُمُ Allah Ta'ala speaks about fasting. He says, uh, these are ayat that we hear all the time. And we still need to hear about it because we are still uh, in need of it. As I mentioned one time before that there was a whole article I read in an Islamic magazine that why are the khatibs every time mentioning these ayat in Ramadan? We got it, we, you know, we know it. Why do they have to repeat the same thing? So there was an op-ed article in one of the magazines lasting why the khatibs talk about this ayah. So the question is not uh, have, do you know the ayah or you know the translation? The question is, what level of implementation we have? Do we have the true taqwa? So, fasting has been prescribed upon you like it has been prescribed upon people prior to you. Why Allah Ta'ala is talking about prior people? Hey, if they survived, you can survive. If they did it, you can do it. Relax. That's why he's saying, fasting is not only upon you. Why me only? Like when you tell your children, okay, you got you know, you to do, you, you do your homework. Then you say, you know, why am, why am I being penalized? I can't play outside. No, your older brother had to do it too. He finished it, that's why he's playing. You do your work, you can play too. Right? So that's what Allah Ta'ala is saying. You know, previous nations, they fasted. Now it's your turn, you fast. Allah What are you going to get? You'll gain taqwa. How do you gain taqwa? It's because basic concept of taqwa is to realize Allah is watching me. Allah is with me. Yarani, He sees me. He hears what I'm saying. He knows what I'm thinking. He knows my secrets, he knows that which is hidden in the heart. So having that knowledge of the presence of Allah and feeling Allah Ta'ala's presence at all times, such a feeling of his presence that will prevent a person from disobeying him. That's called taqwa. And what happens is this is an active exercise of developing taqwa. Because as biological human beings, we have certain urges and desires Beyond urgent desire is actual physical need. It's a need. What's the need? Food and drink. So 
and reproduction. These are needs. So physical need, most important would be like drink, for example. Thank God there's no fasting on breathing. That's like the most important thing, breathing. Right? If Allah says, you know, like these Hindu sadhus, right? Stuff like that. Then, na'udhu billah, those pundits or those Buddhist monks, right? You know, they're doing kung fu training out there in like the mountains of Tibet, holding their breath for so long. Stuff like that. You don't have to do that, right? So anyway, so we need air, we need food, we need water, and then we need food. These are the things we need. insanu daifa. We are very weak human beings. So um, and then our you know marketing, they tell us obey your thirst. If you're hungry, then grab the Snickers. Go for it, right? Just do it. Take a break. Have Kit Kat, right? So these are all the marketing slogans. They're teaching you what? Follow your desires. Obey your thirst. But the Sharia comes and says that don't so when you're thirsty you want to go and grab you want to drink and then you stop are you stopping because your mom is watching you your dad's watching you no your sheikh or your ustad is watching you no your brother or sister watching you no who's watching you alright so this is like the ultimate most classic story with the kids about the father who gave the candies to the kids he said beta you can enjoy this candy only one Condition. Remember that? 30 years ago, 40 years ago, 50, 60, depending on your respective age. You heard the story. Hopefully you heard the story. This is one of the most classic stories. If you didn't hear it that time, then offline I'll repeat it for you. No, it's okay. Uh, there's a drama, with the drama with the kid, you add, kids, you add a lot of drama. On the, but the, there's like the abridged version. Abridged version, the cliff notes. Simple one is that the father, he tells the kids and he gives them chocolates and he says, you can eat it. Uh, but just make sure what you eat it where no one can watch you so everyone the big one goes eats it second one goes there then the chota it's always the masum chota wala. <laughs> the young one he comes back and he says that I, I can I'm struggling why wherever I go if I go in the closet if I go here if I go there at the end of the day Allah is watching me subhanallah so that's the concept subhanallah this is a story which is so beautiful to imprint in the heart of the child like Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam did with the baby Abdullah bin Abbas. He was such a young boy, he said, Kuntu Ritfan Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, I just climbed on to the back of my cousin, illustrious cousin Muhammad ibn Abdullah bin Abdul Muttalib Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. And he is Abdullah bin Abbas bin Abdul Muttalib. They have the same dada, first cousin. He said, I jumped onto the back of my cousin, camel, and I was riding with him piggyback. Oh, I mean, that's not a good word, <laughs> horseback. You know, anyway, so he's behind him, and then he said, uh, Nabi Sallallahu told the little boy, Ya Ghulaym, oh dear boy, remember these words. Ihfadillah, ihfadka, ihfadillah, tajidu tajahak, wa idha sta'anta, fasta'in billah. Wa alama anna al-insa wal-jinna, wa lawa ijtama'ata ala iyanfa'uka bishay, la yanfa'uka illa bishay, qad katabahullahu lak. There's a long hadith. But the point of it is, teaching him tawheed. This is the same concept, Luqman is teaching his young boy. Luqman Hakim, or Hakim Luqman. Uh, in Surah Luqman, Ya Bunaya, O my dear son, Inna intakumit kala habbatim min khardal fatakun fi sahara, of his samawati, of his ladi atibi Allah. If you do any deed, a small little deed, like an iota, like a mustard seed size, you hide it anywhere in the heavens, you hide it in the earth, in the sahara, underneath a boulder, you hide the deed. Ya atibi Allah, Allah will bring it forth on the day of judgment. When you amal mithkala dharratin khayran yarah, when you amal mithkala dharratin sharran yarah. You do an atom's worth of good, you will see it, atom's worth of sin, you will see it. It is being recorded. A uh, common theme here is what? Little kids are being taught. Little kids are being taught this. Luqman Hakim's son was a baby boy. Abdullah bin Abbas is a young one. 
And this story, my parents told me, your parents told you, hopefully, uh, or grandmother, if she had more time, perhaps, then the father and mother are busy. The grandmother, grandfather, this is a blessing from Allah Ta'ala. They told you, that's the same concept in Psalm. Because when, you wanna, when you're hungry or thirsty, you want to eat or you drink, then you think, oh, I'm fasting. Maybe we just stop there and say, oh, I'm fasting, I'm not. But let's just engage with the thought, so what if you're fasting? Who cares? Who knows? We just stop there, oh, I'm fasting, I'm not going to drink. But you know, we shouldn't just stop. And it's going to happen because you're thirsty. Who wasn't thirsty today? Everybody was thirsty for a bit. Some were less, some were more. But if we ignore it, we say it's for the sake of Allah. But when you, you know, anytime you, you, ha- you are reaching for the water, you go to the water cooler at work, or, um, and you want, and then you say, oh, no. Instead of just passing by, say, oh, I was fasting, I'll leave it. Just engage with that thought for a moment. That's the whole exercise of taqwa. And remind yourself, wait a second. Why am I not drinking? Because I'm fasting. Yeah, but so what? So what if you're fasting? Because Allah said so. But where's Allah? No, Allah's watching me. So you have that belief. But sometimes what happens? You don't know that you have it. Because you end up not realizing the gift you have. You know, like the expert coach, and expert teacher, what does he do? The student has that skill within him. He has that ability within him. But he doesn't believe in himself. He says, I can't do it. I'm a failure. So the job of the coach is what? She say, man, you can do it. You have it in you. You, know, you can finish the hips. You, got, you came to 23 paras. You only have 7 left or 25. So the, the beautiful you know, teacher who, who uh, positively impacts his student is the one who encourages him and says, you can get through it. I know you have it in you. So likewise, we forget. We have an iman. We have to remind, hey, I'm not eating and drinking because I believe Allah is watching me. And have that exercise repeated. And that is the reality of la'allakum tattaqun. So that Allah who is watching in Ramadan, does he take a break after Eid? No, he's watching all the time. Right? لَا تَأْخُذُهُ سِنَةٌ وَلَا Surah, uh, you heard the Ayatul Kursi? Did you wake up? One of the Imam, was, he was reading random stuff, then he came to Ayatul Kursi. Oh, I know that one, right? لَا تَأْخُذُهُ سِنَةٌ وَلَا Neither sleep nor slumber overtaketh him, as Pikta used to say. Rahimahullah. Neither sleep nor slumber overtaketh him. So, uh, so Allah Ta'ala is always watching. So inshaAllah, once we develop that in Ramadan, we can continue with that till the end of our lives. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give us tawfiq. And we, we just started this. Inshallah, it was very enjoyable spending time with you. May Allah ta'ala give us tawfiq to go over more ayat every night and to uh, inshaAllah bring this into practice. Wa akhur da'wana alhamdulillah.